Before you kill yourself, I want to read you something from Carol S. Dweck, Ph.D. I want to read you something from her book, Mindset. Uh, It's called Mindset, the New Psychology of Success. And in it, she talks about the movie Groundhog Day. And we're going to read you uh, straight from the book. Phil Connors is a weatherman for a local uh, TV station in Pittsburgh who was dispatched to Pennsylvania to cover the Groundhog Day ceremony. On February 2nd, a groundhog is taken out of his little house. If he is judged to have seen his shadow, there will be another six weeks of winter. If not, there will be an early spring. Phil, considering himself to be a superior being, has complete contempt for the ceremony the town, and the people. And after making that perfectly clear, he plans to get out of the town as quickly as possible. But a blizzard hits the town and he's forced to remain. And when he wakes up the next morning, it's Groundhog Day. The same song Sonny and Cher, I Got You Babe, wakes him up on the clock radio and the same Groundhog Festival is gearing up once again and again and again. At first, he uses the knowledge to further his typical agenda, making fools out of the other people. Since he is the only one reliving the day, he can talk to a woman on one day and then use the information to deceive, impress, and seduce her the next. He is in fixed mindset heaven. He can prove his superiority over and over. But after countless such days, he realizes it's all going nowhere and he tries to kill himself. He crashes a car, he electrocutes himself, he jumps from a steeple, he walks in front of a truck. With no way out, it finally dawns on him. He could be using this time to learn. He goes for piano lessons, he reads voraciously, he learns ice sculpting, he finds out about people who need help that day. A boy who falls from a tree, a man who chokes on an estate and starts to help them and care about them. Pretty soon the day is not long enough. Only when this change of mindset is complete is he released from the spell. Uh, I read that to you because as I read that, and I haven't finished a book yet, and a book is basically talking about People who have a fixed mindset versus a growth mindset and uh, the growth mindset being that uh, they focus more on the process. And if uh, people with a fixed mindset are focused more uh, on the outcome, uh, you know, people with a fixed mindset will, you know, they'll get a, a C or D on a test and be like, well, you know, that's that's what I am, a C or D student, whereas a growth mindset we get a C or D and would say, well, you know, would would figure out how they need to study better, or if they need to get a tutor, or they they would they would keep chipping away at the process and trying to hack um, how to improve their score. Or if they get, you know, if you get rejected by a woman or turned down, or uh, you know, she doesn't reciprocate your advances, you know, the fixed mindset person would be like, well, you know. You you would just think it's something about you and that you'll never get a girl uh, or a guy for you female listeners. Um, Whereas a growth mindset person would figure out, um, you know, how to improve 
how you know their communication skills or other things about themselves uh, uh, so that they can have uh, a, a you know a desired a desired outcome for next time you know um, but there's that that section also reminded me of the importance of a, a couple things one um, of learning of like just for being in love with the process of learning, tinkering, fiddling, trying to figure something out, trying to hack it. You know, it's a big thing now, life hacking. Um, because right now, uh, you know, myself included, it, it, you guys, my listeners, like there are things in your life right now that aren't going the way you want them to go, right? Um, but if we keep chipping at it, keep working at it, it may, it may go our way, but we can't be wrapped up in that because just because, and this is also in her book mindset, just because you put seven years into something, 10 years into something, 20, it's because you dedicate your life to something or someone else or to a cause or to a mission does not mean you are entitled to uh, a desired outcome, to an outcome in your favor. That's not how life works. And once you, once we, right, once we accept that, right, once we accept that things aren't, uh, our, our hard work and our effort doesn't guarantee or equal our quote unquote success, uh, getting an A, getting the girl, getting the house or the job. Um, then we ask ourselves, okay, how can I create a process, create a system that works for me, that keeps me going, that fulfills me, that gives me meaning, right? Now, now you start looking at the process instead of the outcome as opposed to like, how do I get the girl? It's like, what, what are some things that I can do to attract a girl? Um, and, and it, and then if I don't even get her, uh, it's not a big deal because, you know, for instance, you could say, you know, maybe, you know, you try to talk to a girl and she doesn't reciprocate. So then you go, you know what, I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna take a salsa lessons, uh, you know, learn how to fly a helicopter, uh, go start a company, go back to school, you know, figure out how to better myself um, and and grow myself or not even that, you know, uh, volunteer, uh, you know, it's like because really, you know, you want the relationship because you want to connect with somebody, be with somebody. But there's so many different ways to do that, um, whether it's through volunteering or helping someone out in a family or old friends, uh, there's just a, a number of ways to feel uh, connected versus isolated. And then through that, through gro- growing your network, through helping other people out, through uh, in, improving your skills in other areas, then along the way, maybe you meet a girl, maybe you meet another girl, a better girl, or, or maybe a few years later, you run into that same girl and then, you know, but now you're a different person because, you know, you've been working on yourself. You've been taking martial arts or Tai Chi or, um, you know, going for 30 minute walks or learning how to cook 
uh, reading more books so that you have more to talk about. Um, all these different things that can allow you to grow, right? How, what, you know, like a, a plant needs, a plant needs water and it needs sun. And uh, uh, in some studies, apparently it needs classical music, Mozart and uh, Beethoven. I think we talked about that already. Um, and so, so do we, we as, as a pe as people, as human beings, as men, as women, as children, black, white, Asian, Indian, black, white, I was trying to remember that Jay-Z song, um, short, tall, smart, dumb, whatever it is, um, we all need, and we all have a process of, of growing and of connecting. And what I really love about the section in the book is that she also talked about how, you know, he he was trying to manipulate and control and he was just being really, really selfish, uh, not even selfish, self-absorbed, right? Where he was like, well, I'm going to use these superpowers to get the girl and, 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 you know, have everything go my way. And even with getting things to go his way, he still wanted to kill himself, right? So that shows you that even if, even if the, the thing that you you want that you go, man, if I get this, my life would be so amazing. It'll be so great. You can get that and still kill yourself, right? So here, you know, he and this is a this is the movie with Bill Murray. If you haven't seen the movie Groundhog Day, I think it was released in man, what year was that? Nineteen something. It had to be like 1995 or, um, but look up the movie. It still holds up. It's such a good movie and especially around the holidays. Um, but you know, he tries to kill, he tr crashes his car. He electrocutes himself. He jumps from a steeple. He walks in front of a truck, but because, you know, it's the movie Groundhog Day, he keeps coming back to life. And finally he says, you know what? Let me use this time uh wisely let me use this let me use this time to nurture myself to do things that i really care about that that are going to fulfill me and now you know then you know he's happy and not and not that life is happily ever after like oh if i just do these things then i'll just be clicking my heels every day for the rest of my life you know we we all know that that's not the case however it will stop you from crashing your car jumping off the building uh and all those things so that's the intro. Thank you guys for tuning in today for another uh, episode of Before You Kill Yourself. I'm Leo Flowers, and I hope you're taking care of yourself. I hope you're, you're journaling your ideas, what's bothering you, uh, what hurt you, uh, what you're grateful for, what excites you about this week. You journal those different things, uh, what you want to start doing, what you want to keep doing, what you want to stop doing. And um, like one day I wrote in my journal, I'm, I was excited about, I had learned, talking about learning and growing, uh, a few exercises that I can use with my clients. And anytime I learn something new that I can apply to my clients, as as some of you, because as, as you guys know, I personal train also. I get excited. I get excited to 
show them different ways in which they can move their body. And I can see it in their eyes, too, where we do something new and then they can really feel it. And they're like, oh, my God, this is a, this is great. I love this. You know, excuse me. I ate way too many grapes. They're like, I love this new exercise. And I, I love teaching them and showing them. And especially when I know that it's exactly uh, what they need to help them get to the next level. Because people do plateau if in your workouts. If you're bored with your workouts, you have to mix it up, you know, at least every six months. I'm sorry, not every six months, like every six weeks, six, you know, four to eight weeks. Somewhere in there, six weeks is the sweet spot for mixing it up. The And so I'm always looking at on YouTube and reading books. I just signed up for a seminar in Columbus, Ohio. Two-day seminar, d- December 15th and 16th. It's a pain-free movement seminar taught by Dr. Josh or John Ruskin, who I follow on Instagram. And he has some really great exercises and movement and uh, programming modalities that. uh, So I'm excited. And but then I was like, oh, my God, Columbus, Ohio, December 15th and 16th. I hope I don't fly into a snowstorm. That's my that's my biggest fear. I'm like, oh, I didn't really think this out, but I'm always excited because I know I'm going to learn something and then I'm going to meet new people and uh, I get to travel. I, I love to travel. So especially when I get to travel and work, I wish I was traveling and getting paid for this. But you have to invest in yourself uh, so that you can then share and and keep the and keep it flowing, keep the money flowing, keep the energy flowing and and keep your keep your skills sharp. That's really what it's about, right? Uh, t- getting you know, keeping your skills sharp at whatever you do, whether you're a teacher, even if you're a mother, even if you're a stay-at-home mom, there are so many skills of managing and communicating with the kids, and communicating with your husband, and communicating with the people in your neighborhood, and organizing and things of that nature, and and having things run more efficiently. Uh, connect, you know, reaching out to the teachers, you know, the homework, all those things uh, require certain skills. And they're all different things that uh, whether it's sewing or even just getting CPR and first aid certified. How big is that CPR first aid certified? These are all things that will help you grow. Just taking a class, take a class on something. Here's what I was thinking about. When when I was in elementary school and high school, uh, even college, along the way, you're always taking classes that you don't want to take. You I like, oh, my God. Well, I could, what what it was like. Um, sometimes it was a history class or a math class or a draft. I remember I had a drafting class. I hate it. The fact that I had to take a drafting class, but the teacher was so amazing, so good that I loved that class, even though it was the hardest class I or one of the I mean, math is math in any at any level is uh, challenging for me. But this drafting class, every class, Mr. Torres, I'll never forget his name. He would make us uh, he would give us an assignment 
and we always had to finish it by the end of class. And it for somehow he knew how to give out an assignment that would take up the entire class period. So you could, you, there was no messing around. You went in his class and you got straight, like you were running to his class and always prepared. There was no, I forgot this or that. Like you forget it, you're done. And he laid those rules out uh, from day one to show up prepared, ready to go, no excuses, right on a dot. This is how we do it. Um, and these are the boundaries. These are the rules. And everybody, you know, stuck by it. Because the following year, I had a teacher who never laid down any rules. And his only rule was he didn't even teach us drafting. The, the second year, I had another teacher who taught drafting. Um, and all he would do is read the newspaper. And your grade was based on your absence. So every time you were absent from class, you dropped the letter grade. One like if you missed one class, you were now you were you got a B, and if you missed two, you got a C, and so on and so forth. But he never taught, and so we would just be in there hanging out. But for oddly enough, the class wasn't wild. I mean, people were talking and out their chairs, not a big deal. He didn't care uh, as long as you were in the classroom. That was his only thing. So I forgot how I got off on that long tangent. Oh, I was talking about, you know, taking a seminar and learning and and growing. Um, But yeah, so, you know, invest in yourself, take a class. Oh, but my point was, is as we get older, we don't, we start, we start telling ourselves, well, I'm not interested in that. I don't really listen to that. Uh, That's not really my thing. When part of what made you who you were was when you were a kid you were exposed to so many different things you didn't have control over that it 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 influences who you are and it kept you excited about life even though there were moments you were bored like oh I can't wait to get out of this so as an adult every now and again you, you almost have to force yourself because you get so much into your routine you have to be spontaneous that's my new word I realize I've I don't really use that word um spontaneous and take a class or go somewhere, visit someone or, or do something, create something that uh, you've never done before. Call someone you never called before. I just reached out to a friend the other day who I hadn't talked to in years or not years, but months. And it, th- their name just popped in my brain. And I go, hey, man, I was just thinking about you just to say hi. Hope all is well. And he texted me back immediately saying his father had just passed away. And I was like, see, that's why the universe put that person's, uh, you know, name into my into my mind, because that person needed someone to reach out and connect and also needed to to reach out and connect. And, And I wouldn't have known that his father passed away otherwise. Uh, some of the things we're going to be talking about today, I know I, I, we're like, I thought we were already talking like we're on, I'm a million miles in. One is uh, the I'm doing the blood type diet. And the reason is, is to handle and manage my emotions and my depression and my uh, just state of mind. And, you know, and my stomach also has been causing me trouble. And I realized it's related to my diet. And as I'm honing in on this diet, um, I'm also able to sleep better and 
uh, be more productive. So I'm going to get to the blood type diet later on. Uh, we're also going to talk about Halloween is coming up. I'm going to address this dead shot, Will Smith. Uh, and hopefully I, I get a female friend to be uh, Margot Robbie from uh, Suicide Squad. If you haven't seen Suicide Squad, go check it out. It's not a great movie. It's not. But if you want to know who Deadshot is from the Suicide Squad, that's who I'll be dressing up as, Will Smith. Um, or I was thinking about being Hancock, too, because I have a beard now. And so with the beard, I can, I can pull off either one. Actually, if I'm going to keep the beard growing, I'm, I probably will look more like Hancock by Halloween than uh, Deadshot, because Deadshot has at least a trimmed, and mine is getting real scraggly. Also, credit repair. A lot of people who um, are have financial who have financial struggle consider taking their life. And I, I want to tell you, I'm a huge Jay Z fan, huge, monstrous Jay Z fan. And in his latest album, he talks about how people brag about the money and and um, making it rain. And he goes, you know what's more important than making it rain? You know what's more important than uh, the flashy cars? Credit. When you have credit, excuse me, you can go anywhere in the world and 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 be comfortable and, and get a loan. Get a get fifty thousand dollar loan. Get a hundred thousand dollar loan. Buy a house, get a car, and not only get credit cards, and not only are you able to ask for a lot of money and receive it, you're also able to have lower interest rates, right? So, like, I'm leasing a car right now. When I leased the car, I had fair credit, fair, it's like, it's like bad, fair, good and excellent. I think those are the four. So I had fair credit. And my interest rates are horrendous. Horrendous. I'm like, it's almost like uh, uh, paying rent. Just the interest rate on my uh, car lease. And, and then it makes it, and so, and I had to lease it because my credit was only fair, so I didn't have the credit to be able to get a car. And I said, you know what, Jay-Z? I hear you, brother. I'm going to clean up my credit. And I wasn't sure how to do it. I had some dings on my report. And my uh, cousin, and I think I may have talked about this already, but I want to reiterate this. Uh, he works for a, a credit repair bureau, uh, and I don't even remember the name of them. Uh, message me, and uh, and may, I'll put it in a show note somewhere. Uh, the credit uh, uh, union or uh, credit repair place that's reputable. If you go on the internet, they'll have a list of the different uh, credit repair places, and, and you know, in the in the top ones and the ones that are, are uh, reputable. I think I just said that uh, on the internet. But you know, I now have gone from fair credit to excellent credit in just a matter of a few months. They send out these letters to these uh, companies that are charging you. And the companies have 30 days 
to respond to the letters. If not, they have to, by law, remove whatever money you they say that you owe them. And some companies will respond, but if it's a company that has then given it to uh, a credit um, collection agency, it they might not get the letter in time. And so then by the time they realize they received it and it's past the due date, they have to, by law, um, um, uh, erase or whatever debt you owe them. And that's that's a law. And so the credit repair people know this. And most people like myself are too lazy to send out the letters to these uh, because you have to send them to the credit bureaus. There's three of them. Equifax, TransUnion, and uh, Experian. I think those are the three. And then you also have to send it out to the company that's trying to collect the money from you. And ain't nobody doing, I ain't doing all that. I got, yes, I have the time, but I'm not using my time to be sending out letters for all that. So I paid this company. um, I'm paying $90 a month to have this resolved. But within the first three months, they got it resolved. So basically, I paid $270 to have my credit go from fair to excellent. But there are other credit repair companies that charge much less, like I think $50 at the minimum, and then 90 You shouldn't be paying any more than $90 per month to have them. And they, they get the process started immediately. Immediately, you'll start to see, you'll get reports back from the credit report, uh, from the credit bureaus, and they'll tell you, uh, I get emails from them saying, hey, your credit score went up. Hey, we just added you know, 20 points to your credit score. Like, so I know that it's working and I know it's legit and I always thought it was a fake thing, these credit repair places. But if you have credit issues, look at your credit repair, do whatever you have to do, no matter how much money you owe, do whatever you have to do to repair your credit. That's number one, because then you can always borrow money later on down the road. And by having a, a great credit score, you get lower interest rates. So if you do buy a house or home, car, or, or what have you, uh, or even if you get credit cards, you'll get a really good interest rate instead of uh, paying, you know, nine, ten, in some cases, fifteen percent interest. It's just, it's just credit is everything. So take care of your credit. Don't worry about making that money. I mean, some of you, you know, need to, but credit is everything for most of us. Most people have, um, not, they don't have, most people don't have really have good credit. Um, so take care of that people. The other thing I want to talk about is, all right, so I am working on, because language is so powerful so powerful and i am working on saying working on versus trying because i i have a bad habit of say i'll try to i'll try to do this and uh i'll try to get to that later and try is is such a weak uh word it's not empowering it doesn't give confidence to the other person at all are you gonna give me a call lady i'll try that that, that makes you know, so I love to say working on, I'll work on it, I'll schedule it, I'm planning on it, things of that nature. 
um, things that are, are more empowering that give the give myself and the other person more of a a feeling of confidence that it will get done. You know, because you want to say I'm working on it. When people go, "Hey, Leo, when are you performing in my city or my my town?" I'm working on it. Not I'm gonna I'm gonna try to get there. Nope, I'm working on it. Because then that forces my brain to then work on it, to be like, yeah, what do we need to do to get over there? So I challenge you all to replace. If if you're walking around and say, yeah, I'll try, I'll give it a It's like, yeah, let's work on it. Let's work on it. Let's, let's, and, that, and that goes back to being process-oriented. Because, like I said, I can't control the outcome. I don't dictate that. You know, we're hoping for the best outcome. Or rather, we're working, always working for the best outcome. But we have no idea what the outcome is going to be. You could you could eat right, diet, work out because you want to lose 10 pounds in two weeks. But you don't know necessarily that that will happen. But that but that's what we're working on. Maybe you'll get to nine pounds, nine and a half. So then at the end of the two weeks, you say, all right, what did we do that worked and what and what didn't work? Or, you know, versus what do we try to do and what didn't we try to do? Like that that's that doesn't have the same doesn't hold the same weight as using the words work and try. Like we working it out. I don't want to try out. Ooh, try out versus workout. There is a double. There is something there. I, I love words. And so when I because I don't know what the. You want to try out for the team? You want to work out for the team? We'll try. We'll try you out. You want to try this? Try these fries. Try these fries. I'm I'm talking out loud now. I was like, you guys, don't don't listen to this. Uh, the other word that I'm also working on because once again, language is powerful and can be empowering, um, or destructive and sabotaging or halting halting like as in it 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 could um like freeze you it could leave you paralyzed like analysis through paralysis because of how we're processing things so the other word that i'm working on removing from my vocabulary is the word sorry and not that so let me give it a backstory. I, I saw the movie A Simple Favor, and there are no spoilers in this. I saw the movie A Simple uh, Favor. It's out in theaters right now with uh, Anna Kendrick. It's uh, like this kind of funny thriller type of thing. Anyway, there's a scene in there where one woman says to the other, don't say sorry. Like, you know, men don't say sorry, and um, you should not say sorry. It was something to that effect of basically she's like chastising her for using the word sorry. You say sorry too much. And I've heard this sentiment in other movies, other forms of media, whether it's uh, books or TV shows. And I and in that what what was interesting is that day, I, you know, I was texting with different people and you know, two of them were guys and they both at different points said sorry for different reasons. And I myself know I say sorry a million times. 
And so I, you know, I put it on Facebook of, is this, is this a thing where women think that men don't say sorry and women think they need to stop saying sorry? And of course, you know, all the, the, I don't want to say of course, but there was no, basically there was no consensus. Uh, there were guys who posted, I say sorry. There were women who posted and said I, that they never say sorry. And, and I realized like we both have a, uh, an issue with the word sorry. Right. Because for as a man, it's dr- it's kick it's it's drilled out of me, drilled out of me to to not to to not say sorry. Right. Because, you know, we get that message of, you know, you saying sorry is not going to fix it or um, you can't sorry your way out of this. So I always remember that sorry was kind of uh, an ineffective response to whatever uh had had just happened um and i had to find another way of responding to it but nobody ever you know everybody would tell you you don't say sorry as, as a man growing up but nobody ever told you what to say in place of it you know or they would just say don't say sorry just fix it or just don't do it again that kind of thing and it, there was never another verbal response replaced with that and for women, women have sorry drilled into them to apologize, to not, you know, not take up a lot of space, et cetera, et cetera. So I, after doing a little research, some people said, I have some friends I realized who say, instead of saying sorry, they go, whoops. <laughs> and I've had people text that to be whoops or uh, oops or uh, and. And I, or my bad, that's a, you know, it's more of an urban slang thing. My bad, my fault. Um, what else? My, uh, or pardon, pardon me, pardon me. That kind of thing. The, when I looked it up, everyone, there was an article that mentioned that instead of saying sorry to say thank you. So if you're late for something, instead of saying, sorry, I'm late, say, thank you for waiting patiently for me. If you forget something and someone reminds you that you, you, that, you know, that you forgot something, say, instead of saying, sorry, I forgot it, say, thank you for reminding me um, that I need to do that. And so thank you is and I like the word thank you in the, those situations. I think like if you're walking down the street and, and two people bump into each other, you say, uh, you know, to say you could say, excuse me. I think that's a better way or, or part of it. Even excuse me has a, can have a bit of a excuse me. You know, it could have a, it could have some uh, a bit of a negative undertone. Uh, pardon me or. Uh, uh, I need to, I need to be, or even I need to be more aware. I need to be, you know, you bump into somebody, I need to be more aware. Um, or, or thank you for making me more aware or, or something, you know, something to that effect of, because that's really what happens. Two people bump into each other is usually out of a lack of awareness of space of, you know, I'm here, you're there. And, uh, you know, I clearly wasn't paying attention to the amount. And sometimes there's more than enough space, 
but you can but sometimes you you can tell when somebody's just looking to bump into you for whatever reason whatever the reason is there there are people out there who just you know just looking for trouble and they they find it at some point in time so to take ownership of bumping into someone and saying i i need to be more aware and then that's it and, and nobody can nobody can get upset at that because you're talking about yourself you're talking about awareness and you're also making the other person realize that they also were lacking awareness of their space and uh relationship to you walking down the street or you know even sitting next to each other so the like i said to to reiterate those two words i'm removing sorry and replacing it with thank you or I need to be more aware or oops or whoops, that kind of thing. Um, and then the other word that I'm working on removing is the word try. And I'm, I'm replacing that with the word uh, working on it or, or, or work it, work it, work it, er, er, work it, work it, work it. Er, er. The, the other thing. So the other thing I want to talk about. All right. So I talked about the blood type diet and um, and. I realize, and I talked about this uh, in the last uh, episode, that you know, sugar just makes me. Oh my god! I like it makes me want to cry. It makes me uh, angry. Uh, it 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 just sends me into an emotional uh, whirlwind, and it's not just the sugar. Because there's sugar in fruit. And when I eat fruit, I don't have the same type of uh, suicidal ideation. I don't, uh, or the emotional up and downs. Only sugar coming from processed foods or fake sugar send me uh, into that whirlwind. So I said, I have to get, so I, 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 I was at the Comedy Magic Club a couple of nights ago and I was talking to the valet guy and he's an older guy. He's maybe 60, I believe he told me, but he looks great, great energy. He has young eyes and I've never thought that, but somebody told me I had young eyes. And so now I am I am able to recognize young eyes and other people who who otherwise seemed much older and he had young eyes and we started talking and I was like, man, he got a lot of energy. What do you do? And he said, he's been doing a blood type eat right for your blood type, which I had done years ago. And then I stopped for whatever reason, I just fell back into old habits. It's amazing how you find something that works and then you still let it go. You still sabotage it or you still fall back on your old habits, which you know, you just got to get back up and, and fall in love with that process until it becomes ingrained in you. And he was saying how medically he is actually revert, able, been able to reverse his age or physiologically. So he he applied for this health insurance. And it's like a, a, it's health insurance that you get for the rest of your life. Like no matter what happens to you. The health insurance company uh, will cover you, and it will cover you at the same rate. And now, of course, 
only like a few people are able to get this and uh, like the one percent or point one percent are able to get this health coverage that where they cover you for the rest of your life no matter what happens and they cover you at the same rate but they make you go through all these different medical tests at different uh periods before they they sign off on it so the first time they they made them go through medical tests. They ran some tests, and they're like, okay, so far you qualify. And then a few months later, they put them through more medical tests, and they're like, wow, your tests are, your blood tests and everything else is much better than when we first tested you. And then they did it a, a third time, and they're like, oh my God, that's is much better than the second and the first time. So he was literally getting younger, and they're like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm doing the eat right for your blood type diet. So ever since I had that conversation with him and he's lost, you know, uh, a lot of like, I think 15, 20 pounds, I was like, let me re reexamine and, and go back and look at this. And I, I got to tell you guys. Now, you're going to find a research out there that says it's it's hooey patooey. It's baloney. It's not real. It's fake. Uh, it doesn't mean anything. It's based on false science. And to an extent, that is probably true. To an extent. Meaning that nothing is going to be 100% right. You know, like not everybody I can blood type B. Not everyone who's blood type B. Uh, and you can figure out what your blood test is. You, got, you could order it uh, online for like, I think, $10, $10 or 20 bucks. Not everybody who's blood type B should eat all of the foods that he recommends and shouldn't eat all of the foods that he recommends. All right. So I will say that. So I understand that. However, it is 80 to 90 percent accurate, which is all I want. I just want to be able to narrow. I want to be able to focus in, laser in, narrow down. Uh what I should and should not be consuming, how I should and should not be uh, fueling my body. Like what, if I want to feel optimal, if I want to feel, um, uh, oh my God, I, I feel vascular and energetic and sleep great and be laser focused and manage my emotions and not feel hungry or, uh, Carvey, yeah, a Carvey. Um, uh, my, 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 where's my brain freezing? I didn't get a lot of sleep last night. I know I'm like, oh yeah, you get great sleep on the blood type diet. Then I'm telling you guys, I didn't get a lot of sleep last night. The um, uh, uh, craving, that's what I meant. That's the word I was looking for. You know, I, I, it's like, what do I need to eat so that I don't have these constant cravings for sugar? So that uh, I'm not crashing in the middle of the day, so that I'm not forgetting words like craving. And when he's when he when I read the list of foods that he said not to eat, it blew my mind away because I realized I was eating some of those foods, and I was also realizing even before I read it that some of those foods may probably be sabotaging my mood, but I wasn't sure because they they're they're what we call healthy foods. So, like, I was making this green smoothie, and I would put pumpkin seeds in my smoothie, and uh, some some other uh, 
different nuts and uh, green stuff and uh, different root vegetables. And when I looked at the list, he was like, blood type B should not have pumpkin seeds and or any type of seeds. And we really shouldn't even have any nuts, even including walnuts or, or Brazil nuts. And there were some uh, root vegetables that I shouldn't have. And all this stuff I was putting into my smoothie every day. And I was noticing I would completely crash. I would compl- like I would I would feel so lethargic after I had the smoothie that I was like, this can't be. I just had all of I put all of the healthy. I put kale, spinach, berries, nuts, like uh, everything for that's that should be help my brain perform at an optimal level. Help me feel like I can just crush today. Um and no, that's that's it was the exact opposite of what was happening. And it it's like, you know, eating for your blood type basically is like um, fuel in your car. There are certain there are certain foods that uh, are certain fuels that you want to put in your car. Like what is a blood type? Is a blood type. Oh, sorry, I'm typing. It's like you know when if you buy a a Ferrari, the fuel you put in a Ferrari is not the fuel that you should be putting in a Honda or in a in a Prius. They require different uh, you know fuel levels, whether it's eighty seven, eighty nine, or ninety one, or diesel. Whatever that is, like it's based on the type of car and the type of engine and all those things. And now you have the Tesla that doesn't require. And can you imagine putting (laughs) putting oil in a Tesla? You put you put because you're like, oh, it's oil and the cars run on oil. And you try to put oil, you try to put gasoline in a Tesla. What is that? what, What do you what do you? think is going to happen what do you think is going to happen even though that's great for a regular car even though that's great for a, a chevy malibu even though that's great for a honda accord you put that in a tesla what do you think is going to happen to you or you know happen to the it's not going to run it's not going to it's not going to function optimally not at all it might not function at all so uh a lot of us, you know, we're walking around and and I know especially for me, like just I was like I was crying. All the, I was just really emotional. And I was like, man, this this can't be me like this can't be how I was built like. And so I started doing a diet and I have to tell you, I can't remember the last time I felt um, uh, a, a depressive symptom or any of that pain and not to say that the the blood type diet is a, a end all be all um absolutely because there's so many other factors that play into it that play into you know feeling depressed or you know thoughts of suicide that extend beyond just you know uh you know bread bread alone like the bible says man cannot live on uh bread and water alone so, you know, that's also you know, being connected to your community, having purpose, uh, exercise, um, 
uh, having a mission, having autonomy, and and those things. Those are the you know you tie all those things in together and having you know a growth mindset. Apparently, uh, according to Carol uh, Dweck, out of her mindset book, the uh, you know all those all those different ingredients, right? We want to get all the ingre- as many of those the the right ingredients in there as possible. Because it's like you ever like make a cake and you maybe you don't have one or two things to say, but you can still make the cake. That's great. But if, but if we can make the cake with everything, we, if we can get our nutrition right, we get our exercise right. If we get uh, have a have a you know get our finances right, uh, have our you know uh, relationships. You know, and, and I know that's all idea to have everything firing on all cylinders, but we can strive towards it. We can create a process to to that we enjoy uh, on the journey. Um, and and so, you know, there's four different blood types, type O, type A, type B and type A or B or type AB. And I think type O blood. So basically, type O blood is a high protein diet, heavy on lean meat, poultry, fish vegetables and light on grains beans and dairy so you can have a lot of meat poultry fish and veggies but you want to stay away from the grains beans and dairy and type a blood type if you're type a uh, you basically want to have a meat-free diet based on fruits and vegetables beans and legumes and whole grains ideally organic and fresh now with that said for type a uh, you definitely would also benefit from if you do have meat to have chicken, dairy, uh, chicken, turkey, and fish. There in the book, it, it details what meats you can have, but he's just saying you know have you know a lot of fruits and vegetables, and and you'll thrive more on that uh, because you have a, a more sensitive immune system. Type B, which is Leo flowers. Uh, we we have to avoid corn, wheat, buckwheat, lentils, tomatoes, uh, peanuts, and sesame seeds. Chicken is also problematic. Man, when I have chicken, chicken destroys my stomach. Uh, he encourages eating green vegetables, eggs, certain meats, and low-fat dairy. So the meats that uh, that type B can have are more game meat, like um, bison, lamb goat um elk uh that those types of meats uh we digest really well i just had some lamb meat the other night and it was delicious and uh the last one is type ab blood type food to focus on includes tofu seafood dairy and green vegetables he says people with type ab blood tend to have low stomach acid so you want to avoid caffeine alcohol and smoked or cured meats all right so you know you don't have to buy the book he has a book eat right for your blood type you could just google the blood type diet he has a website which goes into uh further details about not only this here's what i love about the book not only does he talk about what you should eat he also talks about the type of exercise you should have so uh for 
you know, for instance, like it suggests like yoga or Tai Chi for type A's and vigorous aerobic exercises like jogging or biking for up to an hour a day for type O's. For type B, he recommends any exercise that has a, a mental component like yoga, hiking, biking, swimming, which those are all the things that I love to or, t- you know, tennis. Those are all the things I love to do anyway. I, I hate jogging. I've never been a jogger and I've never been uh, really up for intense. Excuse me, workouts. I mean, I love an intense hike. I can get I can get down with that. But I've always just kind of been the person who who just loves to go on long bike rides, uh, long hikes and uh, get in the pool. I'm not a great swimmer, but I'll still get up in the pool, yo. And so check. And then he also tells you, like, how to handle your stress level. So like blood type B, he's like visualization and meditation are the best ways for us to, you know, and I know you're like, well, that's that's going to be the best way for most people. But, you know, not everybody can. I, I know people who it's such a challenge for them to sit down and meditate, to just be still, to be quiet. And and sometimes they get more of a kick out of uh, dancing can be meditative or cooking is meditative. So not everybody can just sit down and do nothing, right? Or, you know, let their mind quiet. Like that's just that's that's too challenging for most people. So um so I hope that was helpful to all you guys. Thank you for tuning in to another week of Before You Kill Yourself. And um this week uh October, if you're in the Vegas area, October third through the seventh, seventeenth through the twenty first, and then thirty first through November fourth. I'll be at the comedy cellar um in the Rio Hotel performing two shows every night. It'll be me and uh three of the comics on the lineup. So it will be fun. And uh I am still taking my guitar lessons. I'm taking you know, in terms, you know, I'm telling you guys to grow. So, uh, the the couple things that I'm doing uh, to grow also are guitar lessons. I do those every Sunday for 30 minutes, and I there there are moments where I don't want to go. I do not. I wake up. It's Sunday. I just want to sleep in all day, watch football. Uh, by the way, this has been an incredible football season incredible i'm a huge bears fan so i love that we got khalil mack he's killing the game and uh so but i go i go because i i never leave guitar practice feeling like i should i shouldn't have done that that was horrible that sucked i always leave like i'm so glad i went so that's the thing i want you to look at whether it's going to the gym whether it's writing whether it's uh taking guitar lesson is don't look at how you feel during. Ask yourself how you feel after. If after you still are like, oh, that sucked, I won't do it, then don't do it. But if after you're like, I'm so glad I did that, I feel, you know, like a like a better person, then you continue to do that and you know you just have to uh, negotiate with yourself better. Oh, that, so I, I, this is the last thing I want to – I. I 
So tying into um, and uh, tying into like words that I'm using and words I'm stopping, uh, I, I no longer uh, I'm working or not using. Also, I want to I recognize that sometimes I'll say to myself, I just got to push through this. Let me just I just got to push through it and. Or, or or not push, but uh, force. I'm just, you know, sometimes I just have to force myself to do it. You know, I just, I was tired. I didn't want to go work out, but I just forced myself to do it. And there's there's a danger in forcing yourself to do something because nobody wants to be forced to do anything, anything, and. A kid doesn't want to be forced to do anything. You know, this whole Me Too movement is all about force and trust and communication and consent and clarity. And we we should not be forcing ourselves to do anything. And we should not be forcing someone else to do anything. And so the way to change the language around that is negotiate. Instead of forcing yourself to go to the gym, Negotiate with yourself uh, on on getting to the gym. Of it, look, look, Leo. If if we go to the gym, then we can do this after. If we get this work done, then we can do that after. Or you know, we'll get this. Negotiate with yourself. Say, listen, we don't have to. We don't have to spend an entire hour at the gym. Let's let's do let's do five minutes at the gym. Let's do a, a half hour. Let's do a, a 20 minutes. Let's do 20 minutes in the living room. Let's do a quick hit workout. Negotiate with yourself. And the better you get at that, the better you'll be able to negotiate with other people. But if you're always forcing yourself to do something, then that will become a habit. And then you'll find yourself forcing other people to do things. So let's negotiate. Uh, with ourselves let's get consent from ourselves get buy-in and and let's make this world a better place this is your boy leo flowers this is the, this is the actual sign off thank you for tuning in please comment please rate and uh i'll talk to you guys next week peace